Hello and welcome to the Blast From Our Past podcast. We are a podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm John. And I'm Adam. And today we have another album review for you. And today we're going to be talking about the album The Sky Is Crying by Stevie Ray Vaughan and Double Trouble. Oh, yes. This is the final studio album uh, by Stevie Ray Vaughan and actually wasn't even technically put out by Stevie Ray Vaughan because this uh, album was released after he had died. Yeah, uh, it's a compilation of yeah, stuff that was recorded earlier that his brother Jimmy Vaughn basically, I think, made the decisions on what to actually put on the album. So, And it was released, which wasn't even decided on um, until after Stevie Ray Vaughan passed away. And obviously it was released posthumously. Is that how you pronounce that? Humus? Posthumously. Posthumously. Oh, my God. Yeah, posthumously. So it was, as Adam said, it was a kind of a compilation of tracks that he had recorded between 1984 and 1989 that never made it onto some of his other albums. Uh, Oddly enough, uh, while it was kind of praised, it was criticized for lack of original songs, which really wasn't his fault because he was dead. It's like a a dick move by whoever did uh, that critique. Yeah, exactly. So the album itself was released in... November on November 5th of 1991 off of uh, the epic uh, label it's not a terribly long album it's only about 38 and a half minutes <clears throat> however the the personnel for the album is the same four guys because he worked with the same uh, four guys for most of his most of his career even uh, early on um, like his first studio album which was Texas Flood I think he was still using these same guys it's just they weren't they didn't call the, the album wasn't called Stevie Ray Vaughan and Double Trouble then they just was Stevie Ray Vaughan mm-hmm uh, and that was uh, his longtime bandmates, uh, Chris Layton on drums, Tommy Shannon on bass guitar, and then later uh, Reese Winans joined in as the keyboardist. So originally Double Trouble was just Chris Layton and Tommy Shannon, and then Stevie wanted to bring in some keyboards and some organ sounds for stuff, and so Reese Winans joined them. I picked this particular album. The reason I picked this album is, first and foremost, I am still, but when I was a teenager, was a Stevie Ray Vaughan super fan. I loved listening to Stevie Ray Vaughan's albums. Um, obviously, I didn't come to him until after he had died, uh, because he died around the time I was 10. Uh, but our mother had this particular album, and the reason I'm talking about this one instead of... In, in Step was one I remember in, pretty heavily. In Step, well, that was, his, that was the last studio album he put out before he died. Mm-hmm. Or Texas Flood, and that, yeah. In Step, I think, was his biggest one. That's where he had... He took he took a little bit sidestep away from strict blues, mm-hmm. added a little bit of rock and roll. You know, that's how he, he had the... Houses yeah, of Rockin', yeah. That's houses a big of one. Rockin', um, Crossfire. Yeah. He had, some, he had some radio hits off of In Step. Mm-hmm. And so, but the reason that I chose this particular one was this was one, it was this one was my introduction to Stevie Ray Vaughan. Mm -hmm. And there's one particular song on this album that has probably meant the most to me. Mm -hmm. And that's, I really wanted to talk about it. So I figured, you know what, we'll use this one to kind of represent Stevie Ray Vaughan. Chances are we won't get back to another album of his. We have so much, so much other stuff to cover. And so this one was, yeah. I thought was a good sort of encompassing one. It's his last studio album, so we can kind of talk about his career a little bit as we do this. And honestly, I mean, maybe maybe nowadays Texas Flood is the first album I think of from him, but 
when I was younger, I agree. This was probably the album that was played most often in the household. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I this is maybe maybe the one that I think of immediately. Um, you know, it it that or when I think of Steve Ray Vaughan, and I think that's a good call. Yeah, well, definitely. I think I I think I know which song you're talking about. Um, but yeah, this is, uh, I am with you very similarly. I have become throughout the years of, you know, I was introduced to Stevie Ray Vaughan through our mother and through those albums. Mm-hmm. Now on the flip, on the other side of it, um, our, our dad, he gave me, and he gave all of us a huge appreciation of the blues in general. So not, yeah. St- I would say mom introduced us to Steve Ray Vaughan. Dad really introduced us to the blues. And so, yeah. so I really was starting to appreciate this music and just starting to love it more and more to where, yes, yeah, Steve Ray Vaughan is absolutely hands down my favorite guitarist of all time. Um, he is an incredible musician and an incredible showman on yeah. on stage as well uh where you know I, I was actually talking with some friends before about like and this is a question to pose for you john i mean maybe maybe you have an answer maybe not but i was trying to think to myself if i could go back in time and watch one live performance for any musician throughout time mm. oh. who would it be and personally i had it maybe i had it between 3 and it was okay. Would I listen? Would I want to see a big showing of Michael Jackson doing something? Because I love Michael Jackson. Yeah. Would I want to see Freddie Mercury leading Queen in a big show because he is the greatest frontman of all time? Like seeing Queen at Live Aid or something. Yeah, exactly, something like that. Um, or would I want to see Stevie Ray Vaughan in a small blues club, like in Texas or something? And ultimately my final decision was I chose Steve Ray Vaughn because I would love to see, to see that guy just doing what he does on his guitar is freaking mesmerizing. And so I, I, every now and then I'll go back and and just put up YouTube because there's some good live albums uh, or, and just, or live concerts that they've got on there. There's one of them that's uh, live at Montreux. I think is in, that is an absolutely unstoppable performance and so yeah. uh i i highly recommend people if you like steve Ravon, go watch that it's like an hour long or something on on youtube and it is it just it just makes me just be like fuck god damn it why are some of these amazing guitarists dying early and and for him it was in a goddamn helicopter crash fucking helicopter yeah. crash you know he was getting his life straight and then he yeah and then a fucking helicopter so just uh i'm gonna give just a short background on Stevie Ray Vaughan, um, just to give you a uh, a hint as to how much I was uh, into this guy and, and his life and his music. Uh, when I was in high school, our senior year, kind of I don't know if they tried to make it like you know like you would uh, for like a master's degree. We had to do like a final thesis, mm-hmm. and it could be it basically it, it, they called it a thesis, but it could be anything. So basically, I just sort of did a, a bio paper mm. on Stevie Ray Vaughan. I ended up, ended up doing like a six or seven page paper on his life and his impact. Uh, that's how much I was into this guy and, and how he played. Yeah. Uh, he's uh, Austin. I think he was Austin born. 
Uh, I believe so. I know he's I mean, born. You know, he's born in Dallas. Born in Dallas. Okay, but I mean, uh, he was famously in, in Austin, yeah, for a while. Yeah, I mean, he made his bones all over the place, and uh, Austin is really where he knew he was from. That's mm-hmm. in Texas. Austin really was known for. That's where the sort of the Texas blues sound came from. Yeah, which which I want to I want a little thing that a lot of people may not know when they think of like blues guitarists. Um, you know, obviously a lot of people, the first thing they think of is B.B. King because he's probably the most famous blues guitarist out there. Right. Um, and so when I've talked to people about like Steve Ray Vaughan, who is, you know, my personal favorite guitarist period, they're like, oh yeah, you know, yeah, he definitely learned a lot from B.B. King. And I'm like, no, B.B. King was a Memphis blues player. Steve Ray Vaughan Uh is a Texas blues player. He was the protege of Albert King who is an amazing Texas blues musician and a great guitarist. And uh, he he has a version of Sky is Crying as well and a whole bunch of stuff. You, they actually have a, like albums together. Um, so anyway, I just want to throw out there, it's not B.B. King who is you know the real influence for Stevie Ray Vaughan. It's really, you hear for Stevie, it's, it's a mix of Albert King and Jimi Hendrix. Those are the two guitarists who pretty much you know meld them together and you get Stevie. Yeah. That's that's there. Uh, and and Stevie has his own style. Like oh, I yeah. can pick I can pick <laughs> him out out of anything. And we'll talk about yep. that in a second. Yeah, absolutely. Uh he played around the the Austin and, and the Texas blues circuit for a while. And what really set him off was when he performed at the Montreux Jazz Festival in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And particularly because he they actually were not really well received by the crowd. Mm-hmm. They didn't really like him. However, there was somebody who saw that performance who really did like him. Do you know who that was? I wouldn't know. David Bowie. Oh, shit. David Bowie saw it, loved him, and said, Hey, I'm making this new album called Let's Dance. I want you to be on it. So in David Bowie's song, Let's Dance, the guitar solo towards the end of the song is Stevie Ray Vaughan. That's very cool. And actually, uh, Stevie took a, a year off of touring with Double Trouble to tour with David Bowie when he toured to support that album. Nice. So he played with David Bowie <laughs> on, on the Let's Dance tour. Um, and he was also in the music video, I think. Huh. Okay, I'm going to have to check that up, out. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's he's like, I'm pretty sure that's him in the background. All right, I will watch uh, that. <laughs> if not, it's a guy who's just approximating yeah. his look. <laughs> Very cool. Um, but that uh, shortly after that is when uh, he Texas Flood came out, and that's when he started getting national re- recognition and success um, in blues and just throughout the U.S. Yeah, very cool. Famously, also he 
had his issues with drugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, just very much it was a, an issue. And I remember I've seen several documentaries about Steve Ray Vaughan, several interviews, and uh, at sort of at the height of his drug use, uh, I remember uh, his bass player saying, you know, there'd be nights where Stevie would play his solos and he'd play himself into a corner he couldn't get out of. <laughs> where, you know, a good soloist can take you, uh, to borrow a phrase you've used quite a bit, Adam, he took us on a musical journey yeah. <laughs> in his solos. But, he, you know, the the object is to get you back to where where the solo closes out, usually back to the main theme or mm-hmm. the beginning of the song or something like that. And if you if you don't know how to get, you know, if you can go somewhere, but if you can't get yourself back out of that, you'll leave the audience confused and it won't make sense as to why all of a sudden this, it, you just jump from here to there. And he was having that issues. And then he got finally got himself sober and then recorded uh, in step. And I think that was when he thought, okay, this is the – you know, this is the beginning of this is his second career. Yeah, because he 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 got famous with Texas Flood, and then um, In Step really brought him back into the public eye. So we start off with a and much like a lot of blues albums, most blues guys uh, do sing a lot of other people's songs. Admittedly, because these are taken from ones he had recorded, you know, there wasn't a lot of say into what was original and what was not. So they just took what they had. Mm-hmm. and created a, 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 a 10 song album out of it and we start off with a song by Simon Simon Bink and James Rain called Boot Hill Look up on the wall baby So what's uh, what's a little bit different about this song is it starts off with Stevie playing slide, which mm. wasn't something he did. Not that he didn't ever do it, but it was just not something you normally heard him yeah. do was was play with the slide. So uh, it's a it's a a nice little blues song. Yeah, yeah. You, the way you put that, yeah, you can usually just because of the the, the style of Stevie Ray Vaughan, you can usually like hear every single note, and they're usually very fast and it's very like articulated. Um, it's not like it's not quite like picking guitar, but you know, with his right. solos, like you, he's not he's not giving you like I don't know like that grungy, you know, you hear everything together muddled sound. Like he, you hear a clean guitar, and with slide, it's kind of like you know you kind of move from one note to another. Um, but yeah, this is this is a good song. This is definitely not my favorite SRV song, um, but it starts off with some good energy. You know, it just kind of gets us moving pretty quickly. Um, I definitely enjoy the song and what I kind of pick out from the song that maybe, maybe isn't really super associated with Stevie Ray Vaughan is I really like his voice. He's got yeah. a, he's got a good blues voice and you know, just the way that he emotes and the way he sings, you know, I, I like, uh, you know, him as a singer. And so, um, that's what, that's kind of what I pull out from Boot Hill is, is I appreciate, you know, his, uh, d- just the way that he sings. So yeah, and the song itself is as is most of the songs that he plays, is in a standard twelve-bar blues progression. 
and I kind of want to dive into a little bit of music theory if you if you're okay with that, Adam. I'll allow it. So I, I'm not sh- sure everyone may not know what I mean when I say 12 bar blues or or blues progression. See, the best way to do this is to kind of tell you like how we talk as musicians. So if you take like a major scale, we'll say you know C major scale. That's all no sharps, no flats. So that's just C D E F G A B C. C D E F A G B whatever you said. Was that right? Was I do I have perfect pitch, John? Did I sing every note correctly? No. Not oh, even close. F- fuck you. Do <laughs> you want me to lie to you? <laughs> yes. Yes I do. All right. You know? Just so make- yeah. uh what well, one of the things what we often do is we'll assign numbers to each note in the scale, the first note being one, two, three. Because that way you can change uh, key signatures you can change to other scales and still keep the same progressions so you like a, a one chord is a chord based off of the first note so if our first note is c then our chord is going to be c e g if our second note is d then our next chord is going to be d f a and you basically just sort of transfer that formula to anywhere in the scale so a blues progression follows a particular order where you basically have four measures on the uh, on the one chord, two measures on the four chord, you go back to the one chord for two measures, then you will do some variation of two chords on the five, and you'll either do five five or five four, and then you'll go back to one. And there's there's small variations on what you can do with it, but that's the general consensus. You have four bars of one, two bars of four, two bars of one two bars of five, and two bars of one, and then the cycle just goes all over and over and over again. And the, the whole song is basically just that. So if you have, if you can remember that progression, those numbers, it doesn't matter what key you're in, you can always just play that progression in that key, which is why you know music theorists have, have used this, this numeral system for a long time. They also use it in Nashville. They call it the Nashville number system as if it's somehow original. It's not. Music theorists have been using it for years. But it's the same idea. It's a, it's a way to be able to know how to play songs and do it in any key no matter what. So that's a little that's a little music theory for you just because uh, uh, most of these songs are going to be in that 12-bar blues progression. Okay. You're looking at me like I'm a crazy person. You, no, you, you just you, – this shit went way over my head very quickly. Uh, <laughs> so I just kind of zoned out for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Yeah, but it's in- interesting stuff, and I hope somebody appreciates it. But it just went way over my fucking head. <laughs> fine. Yes. Uh, maybe I should just do a separate podcast. Maybe. all on music theory. Well, I, I, I think some people like it just because I don't understand it anymore, or never really did understand it. Um, <laughs> even if just because I don't, it doesn't mean one of the listeners don't appreciate it. And so I'm sure they do appreciate your breakdown. John, that's why we bring different shit. You know, you bring in that music theater because in the movies, I can say some certain shit that you probably zone out about every now and then. So I just generally zone out when you talk. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you. (laughs) Fuck you. You eat eat shit and die. You go to hell. You go to hell and you die. (laughs) All right. All right, so let's move on to the title track from the album, uh, which was written by Elmore James, Morris Levy, and Clarence Lewis called The Sky is Crying. The sky is crying. 
So the song itself was originally recorded by uh, Elmo James or El- uh, Elmore James, who just went by Elmo James on, on his records uh, back in like 1959. It was kind of mm-hmm. like a, an early R&B song, like a 12-bar blues R&B song. Mm. Uh, it's been covered by so many people, and it yeah. might have been why um, it didn't appear on another album before this. Yeah, covered before. Every every blues artist has done this. I mean, uh, yeah, Eric Clapton did a version of this. Albert King did a version of this. I've heard BB King's yeah. version of this. Every fucking if you play guitar and sing blues, you've covered "The Sky Is Crying." I love the song. You know, it's it's a it's kind of it's about heartache, mm-hmm. like a lot of blues songs. Um, but it it's nice to hear it with the Stevie Ray Vaughan touch. Yeah, you know his his particular style of playing guitar, uh, his voice, which is very distinct, and uh, one of my uh, I I wouldn't put it as my favorite song on this album, mm-hmm. uh, maybe even not my top three, but it would probably be mm-hmm. in my top five. It's a classic slow blues. It's very nice. Yeah, uh, I I for me it probably is in my top three on the album, um, probably as being that number three. Uh, and what I really do like about the song, it, the way you put it, that Stevie Ray Vaughan guitar touch. And in general, like, I, I, there's there's a good kind of like a, almost a discussion that's happening in the mm-hmm. song for me where you get Stevie Ray Vaughan singing and he's got a lot of passion in his voice. And then the, gu- the guitar kind of talks back to us. You know, he yeah. goes, he says, the sky is crying. And then the, and the guitar talks back. That's that's a shitty version, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and that guitar fucking talks, man. It is saying yeah. something, and it's just as passionate as his voice is. And I really do appreciate this song. I think it's a it's a good song to be the title track. I really do. I love this. This is probably in you know when I think of Stevie Ray Vaughan, um, you know best of songs this is probably you know in that conversation you know it definitely deservedly should be in like a greatest hits or in like the essential steve ray vaughn which i'm which i'm pretty sure it is Um, but it's 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 fantastic and in the way you put it before it's a it's just a damn good blues song you know it's about a woman who left him and that's a perfect fucking blues thing to sing about so yeah i mean there's no wonder that so many people covered it because it's it's a well-written song and with that stevie ray vaughn touch it just kind of like it cranks it up a bit for me. Yeah. So. And what I what I do kind of like about this song, um, it's so far you know we, with Boot Hill we got a little bit of a you know like a slide slide guitar mm-hmm. sound from Stevie. From here we get sort of a almost BB King, and I don't I mean BB King yeah. influence. And in that if you ever listen to BB King, you'll start to realize BB King does not play guitar when he's singing. Yeah. Yeah. 
be, be, if he's either singing or playing guitar, but he doesn't do both at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, he always has someone else playing rhythm, and he just plays the lead. And so you get sort of a sound like this, where he's not particularly, he's not playing rhythm guitar. He's, it's slowed down enough. He's letting the keyboards and the bass cover the, the harmonies, the, the harmonic progression underneath, and he's just doing some solos when he's not singing. Yeah. So you, you get a little bit of that sort of B.B. King. I like, you know, it's a little bit different, so you notice mm-hmm. that sort of thing. All right, we'll move on to song number three, which was a Stevie Ray Vaughan original and the only one on this album that I think appeared on another album of his before this. Yes. Um, but I think they wanted to include uh, include a couple of Stevie's original songs, so they went with this one, uh, which is a great song called Empty Arms. Great little up-tempo shuffle. When people talk the difference between shuffle and swing, in 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 the general consensus of like the rhythm is basically the same. But to me, um, when I think swing and shuffle, I think of what is the drums doing. Mm. And the the drums and, and swing, I think jazz. Okay. Jazz, they swing. In blues, they shuffle. And it's a it's a much more rhythmic incorporation of the snare drum. You still get that two four backbeat, and you still get that sort of ding da da ding da da ding from the ride cymbal, which everyone sort of associates with swing. Um, but you get this do do ja do do ja do 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 ja do 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 that comes from the snare drum, and to me, that's what gives it the shuffle feel. And so, for this song, I it's a classic example of that. It's a fun up tempo uh, song. Um, I for the longest time I didn't realize that Stevie actually wrote this song. I think it's really, really enjoyable, and it's it's a it's a good one to dance to. Mm-hmm. Definitely, it moves really well, as you put it. There's a good good upbeat tempo to it. Um, this to me, this is probably the most like the toe tappinest song on the album. Yeah, uh, you know, I it, it's one even you know just kind of listen to it very briefly. Like I get my my foot is moving, my toe is tapping, uh, and I like it. You know, it, it's it's catchy, it's fun, it's it's a pretty straightforward song. Um, and it's it's not one that I would ever skip. You know, once you hear it, I kind of want to keep listening to it and just kind of keep moving. And so, yeah, it's a strong one. I, I definitely enjoy Empty Arms. So now we get the first of actually several instrumentals mm-hmm. on this album. And uh, it's a cover of a Jimi Hendrix classic called Little Wing. Thank you. 
actually remember hearing an interview with the audio engineer who was recording this at the time. Mm-hmm. And it was sort of, this song was sort of an afterthought. They had a little bit of tape left uh, back when they were actually using tape. <laughs> and that wasn't digital. And Stevie said, well, we've we've been doing this sort of instrumental version of Little Wing. And so why don't we just, you know, not waste the tape and actually have something recorded? If I remember this correctly, and I hope I do, this whole song was done in one take. That's incredible. They they threw on the tape, and they just they went into Little Wing, and it starts off exactly like the Jimi Hendrix version. And at the point where you think they're going to start singing, they kind of they not slow it down, but they bring down the 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 flow of it, and it's just it's just a way for Stevie to show off. Yeah, and and not just like show off in a crazy way. You know, show off his ability to craft melodies within a solo, and that's the, that's all this is. Is basically for almost seven minutes, Stevie is just showing you what he can do. And actually, the song only ends when it does, because the engineer realized they were about to run out of tape, and he had to <laughs> signal the band, and they brought it to a close. And that is the take that you're hearing on this. That's awesome. One time through this, uh, which is amazing in itself. And probably, probably was because, and I, I don't know how, if you have find this in, in any time you've ever recorded anything for anything, you know, voice mm-hmm. or otherwise. When I know I have to be on for something, sometimes it's a little bit harder. But when you know you don't have to be on, you tend to do a little bit better because you're more relaxed. And I think yeah. maybe because they were just doing this to fill up the tape and for fun and didn't think this would ever, you know, see the light of day, they just, they were into it and... Like the engineer even said, he said the vibe in the room while this song was going on was just incredible because everyone was on bass was on guitar was on drums were on and it it just creates this magical version of this Jimi Hendrix classic. That's that is very interesting. And I I love that. I respect that so much that they could all just kind of jam. It is a bit of like just a jam, you know? Yeah. And I like that Um, for me. I mean, there's a lot of great Stevie Ray Vaughan songs out there. Uh, and, I, and and as much as I said I do love his voice, this rendition of Little Wing is without question, without question, for me, my favorite Stevie Ray Vaughan song, period. Mm-hmm. And I, I do find that interesting, which wasn't even, it's not even a song that he wrote. It's not even a song that he included on one of his albums. It's one that came out afterwards, you know, that his brother chose. Um yeah. But the way that that he takes us on a journey with that guitar, um, it's it is such a complex song for me because it's it's super emotional. There is real depth in this version of the song, in 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 the what in what he is just playing for us. Um, the Jimi Hendrix version is a good song. I oh, absolutely yeah. appreciate it. It's a two minute and twenty six second song with words, and it's a decent. It's a decent song. It's a decent yeah. song. This is probably like you know, as I mentioned, it's my favorite Stevie Ray Vaughan. This is one of my favorite covers of all time, if not my favorite single greatest greatest favorite cover of all mm-hmm. time. Because to be able to take a Jimi Hendrix song and then be like, you know what? I'm going to out guitar you <laughs> and I'm, <laughs> and I'm going to make this guitar really speak to people. And you know what? And I'm going to make the song 
speak so much more than that other song spoke. And I'm going to do it without any fucking words. Yeah. Uh, that is something that is incredible. And so yeah. I absolutely adore this Little Wing song. It really showcases what he can do on a, on a guitar for me. And yeah. I absolutely, I mean, for this this song or maybe maybe the solo in Texas Flood, like those are some of the greatest things that I've heard from him. And yeah. this song in general, because it takes me on such an emotional like journey with it, um, it is so just so deep that I fucking love it. I absolutely adore Little Wing. So this is by far yeah. my number one favorite song on the album. The, to me, this song, every time I hear it, first of all, it makes me feel so relaxed. Yes! And I, I, I honestly, I kind of have the conversation uh, with myself that if I did drugs, I would be so high right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because this, this is the kind of song you'd get high to. Yeah, absolutely. This would be a great song. I, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't really smoke weed very often, but this would be a good weed song. Maybe even like a good shroom song. You know, I could just kind of really, just kind of not, not I could not go on a bad trip. I could enjoy the trip. Right. Yeah. Well, let's uh, we'll, go to we'll Denver. Go to Denver. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've never done shrooms, but like I would. And if I, in knowing, <laughs> n- knowing that they are decriminalized there, I'm probably gonna have to make a trip and just try it sometime. So, and I will put on Little Wing, man, and I'll let you know yeah. how it goes. So, yeah. so, um, right. one, one last thing about the song. Sure. Uh, this song won a Grammy for Steve oh, Ray Vaughan. I, it, I didn't yeah. know that. It won a Grammy for best rock instrumental performance. So <laughs> I, didn't I think that, know that was a category. Uh, yeah. It's getting, it's getting very niche, but, but it's a category. <laughs> it has to be rock and it has to be instrumental, but he won the Grammy for that. So, Okay. All right, so we move from the longest instrumental to the shortest instrumental. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was a cover of a Lonnie Mack song. Uh, Lonnie Mack was a, uh, kind of a blues rock guitarist from the 60s. Uh, and that is a great song called Wham! I know Stevie didn't write this song, but mm-hmm. I love the way it starts out. That chromatic build where he's just building the chord up uh, up the chromatic scale until you get to the key that you're in or you know where we're going. It's just kind of a, it's a nice build. And then he just fucking goes. Yeah. Absolutely. For basically 2 minutes straight he just <laughs> goes. Yeah, this this is a, a real high energy song, especially when you put it right after Little Wing. Uh, yeah. The contrast is kind of interesting, and I like that. Um, and I will say, because of just yeah, how fucking quick and how you know how much he just kind of really whams, <laughs> how he does that. Um, this yeah. is I would love to see this song live. I think this would yeah. this would be a great song to watch him play. Uh, when I was a teenager, this was probably my favorite song on the album. Mm, okay, just because it was so high energy. Yeah. Um, you know, as I've grown as a human and as a musician, my tastes have changed a little bit. I still love this song. Mm-hmm. It's still, it's a good, it's good 
kicks in. You know, I was listening mostly. I you know when we do these album reviews, I end up listening to the albums in the car mm. um, when I'm driving around. And after Little Wing, when this one kicked in, I was like, yeah, I want to put the pedal to the metal and drive faster. Um, I don't, though, because I'm a responsible driver and I don't want to get pulled over for a ticket. Uh, maybe I speed a little bit. A little maybe bit. just up it a little bit. Yeah. You know? But but it's a, oh, it's it's so much fun. It's one of those. If I had a – I should put together like a just a driving mix yeah, of, that would of be songs good. to listen to when you're in the car. Uh, this would definitely be on it. It's a good call. It's catchy. It's fun, man. This is, this is a good yeah. one. All right. So not too much more really to say about that. It's uh, pretty just kind of a little basic song. And then we move on to a Howlin' Wolf cover. Howlin' Wolf's very famous blues guy. Mm-hmm. And it's a song called May I Have a Talk With You. Well, now, now, darling. I have to say, I don't know if uh, if uh, Jimmy Vaughn, who we did, we mentioned at the top, we really didn't say. So Jimmy Vaughn was Stevie Ray Vaughan's brother, and Jimmy Vaughn is a sort of a, an accomplished uh, musician and, and guitarist in his own right. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I would. He's obviously not as famous as his brother, and I wouldn't say he was even as good as his brother. He was in a band called the Fabulous Thunderbirds, who had a, a hit in the '80s called "Tough Enough." I remember that song. With Jimmy singing, and, and actually you can hear the similarities. This is John editing the podcast. I made a terrible mistake. The lead singer of the Fabulous Thunderbirds was actually a man named Kim Wilson. And now back to the show. Okay, and they actually did a uh, album together called Family Style. Yeah, which I, I have that album. It's a very good album. I highly, highly recommend uh, some of the songs on there. Uh, really good. DFW is a good instrumental that they've got, but... There's a song that's just a very, very pretty, pretty song that I like called TikTok. Um, I, okay. So anyone out there, just go go check out uh, go check out that album. If you like Steve Ray Vaughan, you might enjoy the Vaughn Brothers album, Family Style. And for me, TikTok is just, it's a song that I, we've talked about these before, that you can just kind of like go take a walk on a song and like mm-hmm. just listen to it and zone out or just kind of like think or kind of be in yourself. TikTok is, is one of those songs for me. Is uh is telephone song on that album? That is on that album as well. I love that song. That's one yeah. of my favorite songs. So this song, so let's get back to the yep. may I have a talk with you. I mean, it's a, it's a standard blues. There's really nothing overly special about it. It's a little bit slower. It's you know it, Stevie giving us another you know great solo after great solo. Um, 
as I mentioned, you know, it's a pretty standard one. Mm-hmm. So it's it's one if I listen I can listen to this whole album all the way through. But okay, if I'm easily. picking out songs, this is not really one I would pick out. Yeah, I'm with you. I pretty much wrote the exact same notes. I I wouldn't call this a standout song. Uh, you get you know a good feeling from that Steve Ray Vaughan guitar, uh, but it feels more just kind of like a, a standard Stevie song, honestly. And I like it. I'm happy to listen to it. Uh, but it's not it's not standing out, and it's not one that I would pick to listen to on its own. But like this is an album I can easily listen to from top to bottom, and I'm I'm not going to skip them. Um, and right. so I'm I enjoy it, but it's not standout. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to the next song, which is a Willie Dixon song called Close to You. I want to be close to you, baby, as a I can get. Close to you, baby, as a what is wet. Close to you, baby, as a hair on your head. Close to you, baby, you better believe what I said. I want to be close to you, baby. This one, for me, a lot, it's very similar to how I feel about May I Have a Talk With You. It's a little bit more upbeat. Um, it reminds me a little bit of um, this, his song Pride and Joy, mm-hmm. which was one of his early hits, um, which in itself is is just in the standard blues style. You know, the sort of uh, the sort of walk he does on the guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I could sing it, but I probably wouldn't do it justice. <laughs> Um, it, yeah, yeah, it's kind of that standard blues walk. I'll sing. Don't worry. I'll make a fool of myself, John. Okay. <laughs> Is uh, that's not necessarily nothing, uh, anything, you know, it, that we've never heard from other blues players or anything. But again, it's the same thing with the as with the Helen Wolf song. Great song. I'll listen to it all the way through. If I was pulling songs out of this album for a greatest, you know, for a, a set for a, a playlist or something, I probably wouldn't choose this song. But uh, good standard blues cover. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. This is a good moving song. Um, nothing's too kind of crazy. Nothing's too wild or stand out. Uh, but it's a good album filler, and it's and yeah. it's not not in a disappointing way. I don't mean that in a bad way by any means. Not every song can be a single, um, mm-hmm. you know, on a strong album. And this one is just a, a good kind of basic blues song that you know I'm happy to to listen to. But it's not it's not one I'm picking out uh, by any means. So same thing. Yeah. All right, well, let's go ahead and move on then. And we're going to go to uh, – this one is, stands out to me mm-hmm. uh, for the stylistic difference, and that's because it's a uh, kind of a jazz song. Definitely. Uh, written by a guy named Kenny Burrell, who was a guitarist, I believe, who put this out on an album called Midnight Blue sometime in, I believe, the 60s. Um, but his uh, Kenny Burrell's version um, is a little bit more jazz-influenced, but you can still hear that. Um, in a song with a very interesting name called Chitlins Con Carne. Definitely, first of all, it's a little bit of a departure. We get mm-hmm. a bit cleaner sound out of the guitar from Stevie with this one. He he, he kind of dials back the, the, 
the crunch and distortion uh, to give us a, a more jazz guitar f- sound while still sounding like Stevie, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I really enjoy this one. First of all, it's a fun departure. Yeah. It's a fun, different style. It's still, you know, blues inspired, but you get a little bit more jazz flavor to it. Um, it starts out with the, the, the guitar. He's playing octaves, which just octaves on a guitar, um, while it's not the hardest thing in the world to do, but it's not the easiest thing in the world to do on guitar, especially if you're just playing the just the two octaves. Because of the way you have to slide your hand up and down, he's playing both octaves, uh, both notes, at the same time, having to slide his hand up and down the guitar neck pretty fast in order to get these notes out. So that in itself, I think, adds a really cool sound to it. Um, and the, on the original recording, I have listened to the original Kenny Burrell version. It's him and a saxophone doing it. And so he's hmm. kind of, Stevie's kind of playing double duty almost. You're not getting the saxophone sound out of his guitar, but he's sort of emulating the double sound of, of two people playing the melody at once when it's really just Stevie doing both at the same time. I'm with you. I really actually appreciate this song a lot. You 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 kind of just get to see that, you know, Stevie has some good uh, variety that he can play like this is a very jazzy style and it is unique it's a unique song on this album and so i think that's where it helps it stand out uh, mm-hmm. it's also because of its jazz style it's very chill you know it's, it's a good chill song you know that yeah. that i really appreciate um good um it's uh and as you mentioned before unique name i love the name of this song <laughs> <laughs> like chillin's concarne is a fantastic name one for people who don't know what chitlins are so chitlins is a type of food that is typically made of like pig intestine uh yeah it's a pig intestine um and you know it's kind of a play this is a play on chili con carne which is chili with meat uh, but this yeah. is pig intestine with meat i guess whatever is it but it's just it's a cool name it's a cool song and it, it's just it makes me feel honestly it makes me feel cooler listening to it mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah so i like it uh, and it is uh you know, another instrumental mm-hmm. on the album, which we're getting a lot of, which is fine. It, you know, I, I don't typically love a lot of instrumentals unless I'm, you know, in that mood. Um, right. You know, like we've talked about for like something like Yanni, you know, you, you go to Yanni to listen to like instrumental typically. Right. Um, when I listen to blues, I typically like vocals going on. But right. these instrumentals that he have here, they work really well. And they say so much with the guitar and they, they open yeah. so much to just let the guitar do its own thing that I'm not bothered by these instrumentals at all. I, I'm just I'm happy and I just want to kind of keep jamming and keep grooving. So Well, I mean, we've talked about this before, but Stevie has such a unique voice on the guitar mm-hmm. and it always feels like he's trying to tell you something with it that it, it just works. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right. And so we're kind of getting close to the end here. And our penultimate song is another Stevie Ray Vaughan original, which I, I guess didn't get released anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And this one was called So Excited. <laughs> So this is uh, yet another instrumental. I, I mean, this one doesn't stand out 
as much mm-hmm. as the other instrumentals. It's just a standard blues style. Um, it definitely sounds like it was a jam. Like it yeah. was maybe if it this was something that he they just recorded. Maybe never really is intended to be something for an album. Just to record them jamming on something, and they just decided we need more material to put out for this album, so we'll just put this yeah. on here. Yeah. So. Yeah, it feels a little repetitive at times, you because know, they just kind of keep going back to that to that simple beat and then kind of play off of it exactly like a jam would. Yeah, but it's a it's a good song again, very similar to how we call what close to you and may I have a talk with you. Uh, enjoyable, almost filler. Um, I don't really have much else to say personally about it, but I do I do appreciate it. It's it's good enough. Yeah. All right. Well, let's. Uh, I'm excited to get to this last song. If I had to pick my favorite stevie songs this might be it mm-hmm. um, that he's ever recorded so first of all what already stands out in the song before we even listen to it you're going to notice he's not playing the electric guitar mm-hmm. not only is he not playing the electric guitar he's the only one playing um and that was a song written by a childhood friend of his and his brothers named doyle bramhall uh, along with a lady named barbara logan and this is a song called life by the drop Hello there, my old friend Not so long ago it was till the end We played outside in the pouring rain On our way up the road we started over again You're living our dreams, oh you on top My mind was aching a lot, it won't stop That's how it's happened, living life by the drop. So this song, first of all, has always spoke to me since I first heard it. Um, I'm also pretty sure this might be our father's favorite Stevie Mm -hmm. song. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Dad loves this song. Um, And it is, it's part of it is because it's such a, a heartfelt song. So as I mentioned before, uh, it was written by uh, Doyle Brown Hall and Barbara Logan. Doyle was Jimmy Vaughn's drummer in a band they formed in high school and was just sort of a, a, a friend of the family, uh, went on to uh, you know play with, I think he played with Jimmy for a while and just recorded with a bunch of other uh, folks as well. Mm-hmm. The song, apparently, this song was written about stevie at probably at the height of his drug use the title of it life by the drop i believe refers to his heroin use mm, okay yeah i could i couldn't remember if it was heroin or alcoholism and it, it kind of fits by both or either yeah. or i'm pretty sure it was heroin heroin yeah which i knew stevie was a you know definite heroin user first of all it's just stevie with a 12 string guitar so you get a completely different feel. The only other time I really remember listening to Stevie play acoustic guitar um, was when he did his version of the MTV Unplugged mm-hmm. that they started doing in the 80s. It's such a simple song, but seems like such a passionate song. It's, it's you know, someone relaying to a friend, uh, you know, good memories and worries at the same time. And I don't know. I just every t- like this song. This song gets me for clemped. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's an absolutely beautiful song. Um, you know, it, it's it's kind of the one, kind of one of the songs that it's not particularly you know a great 
guitar song. You know, he, I mean, it's definitely not. It's just you know, kind of like strumming, you know, acoustic stuff. He's he's doing mm-hmm. some you know some guitar things, but nothing nothing wild, nothing like. There's- there's no solo in the song. Yeah, there's no overt Stevie, and even even his voice. You know, he's not he's not singing insanely passionate on this version. Um, you know, he's just singing. But it's it's what this song is about, and it's the story that you kind of get from the lyrics. I think this is a beautifully written song uh, mm-hmm. that it just it it speaks to you. It, it's something that kind of just makes me stop in my tracks and just fucking listen to it because I agree. This is, this is one of my favorite all time Steve Ray Vaughn songs. And it is, you know, it's not an overtly Stevie song, um, but it's uh, it's, it speaks to me. It says something, it, it talks about, you know, addiction and overcoming it and, mm-hmm. you know, how ha- having to kind of deal with troubles and that kind of stuff. And uh, it's, it's absolutely amazing. This is an amazing song to me. And uh, I love it, and I agree. It, it's one that I think I even remember um, when uh, uh, my stepbrother, I think before my stepbrother was my stepbrother, uh, we went and did like a an open mic nighty kind of thing that our high school would did, and I think I convinced him to just kind of like, you know, strum the chords or whatever for this song, and then I sang it because this is it's similar enough. Like, this is a song that I always appreciated as well, and it speaks to you, um, you know, on a very emotional level, even though it's not you know, um, a particularly, you know, perfect song in any other sense. It's, it's a song that really just speaks to you because of the story of the song. And so, yeah, I, I, I love that this is a song, um, on this album and it's, it's a very interesting one. I don't know if I would want the song any earlier on the album because after it, it's like, (laughs) I don't want to follow it up. (laughs) I think it's perfectly placed. I think ending with this song is exactly, um, yeah. you know, it's an it's acoustic, so that's already bringing it, uh, mm-hmm. bringing the energy, not energy down. You can have yeah. high energy. Acoustic it's it's songs, just coming, it's coming to a close. It's yeah, it's exactly it. It's coming to a close, and it was a perfect. I think it was a good way to close out Stevie's, you know, studio album career. Um, mm-hmm. they, there were other albums sort of released after this posthumously that weren't really, you know, they were just collections of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. Uh, I thought it was a, a good sort of end mark to yeah. what was an amazing, troubled, yet highly successful career. Adam, final thoughts on the album? Uh, this is a fantastic album. And honestly, I don't think there's a single Stevie Ray Vaughan album that isn't one I can't listen to mm-hmm. fully through. So, I mean, I, I highly recommend if people liked this album, listening to it, you know, on here, you know, go check out other stuff that he did. But, um, you know, probably my two favorite Steve Ray Vaughan songs, or I mean, at least two in my top five are Little Wing and Life mm-hmm. by the Drop. And, yeah. you know, for me, I'd probably add in Texas Flood in there. I'd, I'd maybe add in, um, I love his Mary Had a Little Lamb was a, is a really good song as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, but not even just that, but like, there's just, this is a great album by a great guitarist for me, the, the greatest guitarist. And, it's uh, it's it's I'm fantastic. I'm fantastically happy that that's stupid. Whatever that whatever that means. <laughs> um, I love that we are talking about it, and I love that I get to re-listen to it. And um, this is this is an album I will be going back and listening to. And I typically have been like you know listening to maybe like a, a, a Steve Ray Vaughan playlist that I have that's just mostly right. just you know my favorite stuff. But I do need I need to go back and listen to the other stuff. You know because. I I loved 
all every single song on here. You know, I like more than more some more than others, but every single one right. is listenable, and so it just makes me think like, okay, I need to get back to some of those album uh, playlists and just just play some albums and don't always go to my greatest hit playlist. So yeah, that that right. I, I really really appreciated uh, going back and experiencing Steve Ray Vaughan. All right. And that was our review of the Stevie Ray Vaughan and Double Trouble album, The Sky is Crying. Please join us next time as we break down the 1987 movie Inner Space, review the late 70s and early 80s sketch comedy show SCTV, and recast our version of an Inner Space movie. If you'd like to get a hold of us, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com or by searching at BlastPastCast on Facebook and Instagram. If you'd like to support us, go to patreon.com backslash BlastPastCast and choose a tier that works for you. You might even be able to choose a topic or even be on the show. So until next time, I'm John. I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time. <laughs>